Pelicans flip the script against the Los Angeles Clippers, get a big win in the second half, holding the Clippers to just 26 points. But the more things change, the more they stay the same, and then they just got routed their next night against the Indiana Pacers. Let's talk about it in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with y'all on this Monday, Thanksgiving week. We're not going to have a show on Thursday, but we'll probably have a show every other day, maybe or maybe not on Friday. We'll see. But they've got back-to-back set coming up against the Utah Jazz, so I do want to talk about that team and this team because they also play tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We are free and available on all platforms five days a week. No paywall, anything like that. Just straight up Pelicans talk despite them not being very good. But they were good on Friday, right? Like They were really good. That was a fun game in the Smoothie King Center as the Clippers pulled a real great Pelican, right? only scoring 26 points in the second half after being down a significant amount, looking just dead in the water against a better team. The Clippers had a 20-point lead at one point in this one. The Pelicans stormed back, looked like a different team in the second half to grab just their third win of the season. This game was fun, I'll be honest. Like, the first half was kind of weird, but they started whittling down the score right at the end of the half before, like, right before halftime, not looking so good. But they did what they needed to do. This was a team that fought hard and just never gave up, and clearly there were a couple of adjustments at halftime made by Willie Green, which I thought were great. So first and foremost, the guys that needed to carry them carried them, right? Brandon Ingram, 17 points on the night, 3 of 5 shooting from deep, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 6 turnovers weren't good. That was a problem in the first half when he looked just out of sorts. Jonas Valanciunas, 10 of 19 from the field, 26 points, 13 rebounds, 2 assists, just 1 turnover for him. He was freaking awesome. After a couple of games of kind of forgetting about him, they decided to get the ball to their big man. Down low, in the mid-range, and guess what from three? What I'm about to say is not a misprint. He was five of nine from three in this game. He took nine three-point attempts. That's a Steph Curry-level number here. And he hit five of them. And you want to know who leads the league in three-point shooting? Jonas Valanciunas does at 56.4%. I said that no one would guard him on the perimeter because, look, it's a big, his release is slow. But here's, and no one does guard him on the perimeter. Let me be very clear on that. But what he's doing is making teams pay. Uh, For three-point shooting, that's what you want from this team, to make teams pay. Teams are going to zero in on Brandon Ingram. They're going to zero in on Zion Williamson. And frankly, for Zion, there's no way to space the court for him. There's no one you could put out there unless that guy shoots exactly 100% from three, that's going to make a coach decide to not cover Zion or not double Zion and go cover the guy in the corner or above the break, unless they shoot an insane percentage, right? So what those three-point shooters need to do is make your open threes when Zion gets you the ball after being double and triple teamed and make teams pay for doing it. 
but you don't actively space the court for Zion. So Jonas isn't spacing the court, but he is making teams pay. And there's shades of DeMarcus Cousins in him when he was here in New Orleans as that trailing big that you can toss the ball to that no one's really paying attention to because he's the last man up the court when you're getting out on offense. No one picks him up. You toss him the ball at the top of the three-point line. He launches it. And guess what? Valanchunas makes them. Five of nine is ridiculous. Him leading the league in three-point percentage when I'm recording this is absolutely ridiculous and awesome. He's been great. The three-point shooting is 100% legit. And now that we've seen he can do it on volume like this, sign me up. It's really fun to watch. It's fun to have a big that shoots threes. I know a lot of people have been saying, hey, put him in the all-star game, right? He's played like a, you know, the top center in the Western Conference, you know, more or less. Screw the all-star game. I mean, actually, yeah, get him in the all-star game, although I don't think he'll end up really being that close to it. But what about the three-point shootout? That's something that he could definitely do, I think, right? And with the way he's draining them and doing it on volume, it's not like he's taking like, you know, a half an attempt per game or anything like that. When you shoot nine threes and make five of them and you've kind of been doing this all season, that's a legitimate thing. And he's definitely doing that. So he was awesome in this game, too. Then you had Josh Hart, 19 points, nine of 15 from the field, 10 rebounds, four assists. He was great. But the biggest surprise, and we'll talk more about him in the next segment, Kyra Lewis Jr. streaming back-to-back games now when you count the Indiana game the next night from this one. 16 points, 4 rebounds, 4 assists, 2 of 3 from deep, 7 of 12 from the field. Exactly what you want to see from him. They needed some good backup guard minutes. And he, after being stuck on the bench for three games, got run in this one, right? Because no Devontae Graham in this game. So he had to, you know, all of a sudden is thrust in here and it's like, well, next man up, you better step up. He did. That's something the Pelicans have not had all season long. Reliable guys. Maybe he doesn't do that, but at least he showed some flashes of it. And look, in a season where we're only really looking at silver linings right now, him putting together two good games. Again, we'll talk more about what he's doing and what's working in the next segment. Love to love to see that. This is one of those games, too, where the Clippers kind of beat themselves, right? Second half, scoring only 26 points. They couldn't buy a shot. They shot 24% from three, 38% from the field overall. They were on the second night of a back-to-back. But when you have a guy like Herb Jones who can just shut people down, it really does help. He guarded Paul George for a bunch in this game. Paul George didn't make a shot when he guarded him. Paul George didn't even want the ball in his hands when he was being guarded by Herb Jones. You saw that possession up by the three-point line when he just completely frustrated him and locked him down. And it threw the rest of the Clippers out of whack. Paul George, who's an MVP candidate this year, was 8 of 26 from the field for just 19 points. 19 points on 26 shots is very, 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 very bad. Throwing Eric Bledsoe going 3 of 10. Hell yeah, want to see that guy not do well. I dig it. Limit the damage that Luke Kennard, who got hot at one point, had had like two made threes, and then he couldn't shoot. Really good defense. Just a good active team trying combined with a cold night from the Clippers. They made it worse. You get a win. It, It can be that simple. You know, the effort from this team in the second half when things weren't going their way was something to behold. You know, the start of the year, they were very, very good at competing every night, and then Inbound, you know, a couple games ago, we've seen it kind of be rocky. This was one of those like A plus effort games from them, but it wasn't meant to be, and they weren't meant to kind of continue that the next night playing the Indiana Pacers. We'll talk about that game coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. 
But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by, by uh, Prize Picks. There we go. I can say it. All right, NBA fanatics, have you heard about Prize Picks? Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too, because Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market, and they offer more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator. And they offer all the superstar players as well as the bench players only recording a handful of minutes each game. You're a smart basketball fan, right? You're listening to Locked On. Go put that knowledge to use with prize picks. No one knows what's going to go with on with those kind of role players, but you definitely do. So prize picks offers any prop you can think of, whether it's yardage, touchdowns, rebounds, points, turnovers, if you're a Pelicans fan, and anyone who makes a deposit right now using our promo code NBA will get a 100% instant deposit match up to $100. And it's really simple. You pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. No sharks, no people with mountains of data out there, just you versus those projections. And Prize Picks allows mixed sports entries. You can take the over on Trevor, Trevor Simeon interceptions combined with the over in three pointers made from Jonas Valanciunas on the same entry. So use the award winning app on both the App Store and Google Play, and entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really that easy. And Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. Don't hesitate. Check out Prize Picks and use the promo code NBA or go to your App Store and download the app today. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is also brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Does this sound familiar? You got one device that lets you catch the game live, another that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your friends, neighbors, best friends login for all those other good movies and everything else. It's a pain. You got multiple remotes, multiple devices. You got to kind of change the input on your TV all the time. You don't need that. Because I want to tell you about a simple way to get all that entertainment you love without the hassle and a great way to finally get your TV together. And it's called Direct TV Stream, and it brings you live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before, so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. And it's the only streaming option for Bally Sports New Orleans. So that means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with Direct TV Stream. You can learn more at directtv.com. That's directtv.com. Compatible device required. Content varies by package. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're here and free five days a week, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. There's no paywall, no limited number of podcasts, just five podcasts, Monday through Friday, breaking down this team like a big win over the Los Angeles Clippers and now a loss to the Indiana Pacers. And for your second listen, be sure to check out Ross Jackson and the Locked On Saints podcast for everything black and gold, the offense. Really rough right now. And I know Ross is breaking it down and how the team could get better. All right, but we're talking about the Pelicans. Disappointing game the next night on Saturday in the loss to the Indiana Pacers. This was like a complete 180, right? So this is why I said in the open, the cold open, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Pelicans come out and don't look like the Pelicans on Friday night. And then Saturday night, it's like, oh yeah, we know those guys. This was a group that just didn't care. I don't know what it was. Maybe it was the late flight out of New Orleans. You know, playing on the second night of a back-to-back, you probably get to Indiana at like 2, 3, 4 in the morning, something along those lines. You get some sleep, then you got to get up and play a game. And you just don't really want to do it. And it didn't seem like the Pelicans wanted to do it. They shot just 30, uh, 40% from the field in this one. And guys just didn't have it going. Like they were sloppy with the basketball, 16 turnovers, right? 
uh, and just couldn't shoot. Like, and there was just no effort. This one was weird because the Pelicans have often just at least gone all out, right? Like, you can root for a team that tries hard every night, but it's just not good enough. But damn it, you guys, they give their all. This was a team that you just want to throw in the trash can. They didn't care, and they were bad. No one likes that. And for a team that's struggling, right, and is in the midst of a, what are they, three and whatever right now, right? It's so disappointing for fans to have to, one, put up with the losing, and then to see the team just not try in this game. Look, these games happen, right? But more, they're going to be analyzed more when you're bad, and the Pelicans are bad right now when you just completely mail in a game, and that's what they did. Brandon Ingram's still out of sorts. 4 of 14, and he's not been consistent since he's come back from injury, right? The idea of him, he's back, and then it puts guys in their proper roles on the bench. It was such BS to begin with because these guys aren't good, and it's something I've been saying since the offseason. Sadoransky in this game was bad. Starting point guard of the team didn't register an assist. Some of these guys just aren't good, right? Garrett Temple doesn't do anything. He has some moments, I'll give him that. But not in this one. Didn't take a shot. He only played about seven minutes of action. It was right to see him not get a ton of stuff. But you're just seeing this team not growing. The offseason acquisitions not not being good. And now you're seeing them not try in a game like this, right? They're down 30. They, they benched the starters for the fourth quarter and played other guys. You know, Jose Alvarado got 12, you know, played the entirety of the fourth. So did Najee Marshall, who's been out of the rotation. They've got to at least give a damn, and they didn't in this one. And so I don't mind if they lose, but they try hard. It's when they don't try hard that I, I take issues with this team, and they, they didn't. Really, Valanciunas is the only one that you can, like, remember from this game. 19 points from him, 15 shots to get there. It's okay. One of one from three. Didn't miss 100%. 13 rebounds. That's good. No, no one else did anything of note other than maybe Kyra Lewis Jr., so let's talk about him instead because, like, screw everyone else on this team with this game. 12 points from the second-year player who's been much maligned his rookie year and then this year. He was 5 of 11 shooting. I can live with that. 1 of 4 from 3. would like that to be a little bit better. 3 rebounds, no assists. Someone needed to try and score, and he goes, screw it. I'll go out, and I will try. And he did. I like that. You see the aggression from him, right? In the game against the Clippers, too. Yes, he made two of three from deep, but he was also out there trying to get downhill and attack the basket, something the Pelicans really, really lack. And he's shown off a little bit of finishing touch underneath the rim and at the basket on layups. Good. More of that. We're at the point in the season that even if he's struggling, I don't think you can take him out of the rotation in the lineup and he shouldn't be getting, you know, you shouldn't see Sadoransky playing and you could make an argument that maybe you need to throw a guy like Kyra Lewis Jr. in there with the rest of the starters to see if maybe that kind of wakes them up and creates for them. Otherwise, when they're having a game, when they're struggling to score. Something that's worth trying because... You know, some of these other guys, it's not getting it done, right? Nikhil is trying to do way too much. He was 2 of 9 shooting in this one. He was 3 of 10 against the Clippers. You, you can't do, you can't win very many games when you're, one of your starting backcourt players is, is doing that. And so it's been a struggle, and I think they're at the point where they need to try and change it up a little bit, I think. And it might be with Kyra, who's now strung together two games. That three-game benching looks like it got through to him to some degree. You heard Willie Green really praise him after the Clippers game, talking about how he's the first guy in the in the gym at 7 in the morning. Okay, well then play him, right? Like, what, what is this team thinking that they're going to be doing? And this is something that we're going to talk about in tomorrow's show, right? 
Is it time to almost punt on the season or do they make a panic trade and try and just bring someone in to to do it a little bit different? That, that could be the question of the day for the YouTube comments. Is it time for a panic trade? And I'll ask this again for you all tomorrow. Maybe you can give me some trade targets in tomorrow on the YouTube show and in the comments of who should they panic trade for, right? Like they need to do something, I guess, maybe, maybe not. There's an argument against it. Who is it that they should get or, you know, and what should they do? But this game against the Indiana Pacers, like, you guys are bad. You've got to at least try. Like, we can handle the losing if you go out and give a damn. But when you don't, like they didn't in this game, it's it's unbelievably disappointing. And the fans deserve better than that. And that's something that the front office really needs to look at. Because the effort, while good to start the year, I get losing ways on you. But you're a professional. You need to go out and do your job, and they did not do it against the Indiana Pacers. There's not much else to say about this one. You kind of just don't even watch the film of this one because really, what's the point? All right, coming up next, they got a game tonight. Bounce back, maybe? Timberwolves are kind of on the rise despite having a a rocky season so far. We'll talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked On Pelicans brought to you by Built Bar. I love Thanksgiving. You get all the delicious food. Turkey, mashed potatoes, a big favorite of mine. And I was talking to my girlfriend. We're going up to her dad's place in Alabama. And she was saying we should bring some pies up so that he doesn't need to worry about desserts when we go and see him. But I'm also going to throw something else in the cooler that we're going to go up. I'm going to throw in Built Bars because those aren't filled with calories and sugar and terrible for you. Yeah, it's the perfect time for Built Bar at Thanksgiving because Built Bar is the new holiday dessert. You can feast on something delicious and actually feel good about it. All those pies she's going to get, and I will eat some of these, right? One slice of pie is upwards of 300 calories, and that's on the low end. I've seen some that are like 1,500 in certain things, right? Most Built Bars, 130 calories and only four grams of sugar with plenty of protein. Have a slice of pie instead of a second slice of pie. Go for a built bar. So replace that coconut cream pie with a coconut built bar. It's pretty simple, right? Or a raspberry built bar instead of that raspberry pie. There's a lots of flavors to choose from to replace any pie you might have. Low calorie, low carb, low in fat, and high in protein, and covered in 100% real chocolate. They're just a great option when you're hungry. I'm on the road a lot for work. I keep these in my bag when I just need a little bit of a snack or something to keep me going, and I don't want to eat something that's just bad for me because that can be difficult at times. So share some built Bars at your family gatherings. It's going to make things less awkward because you're saving everyone those calories and they're going to have new surprises all month long with limited time flavors arriving at built.com regularly. So you've got to check the site often and there's nothing like a built Bar Black Friday sale. So mark your calendar. Black Friday will be a huge event with all sorts of surprises. So go to built.com, use promo code LOCKED15 and you're going to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off over at built.com. All right, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every single day. We're here in free five days a week for you all, breaking down everything you want to know about the Pelicans. No paywall, no limited number of shows or anything like that. Just basketball talk. And look, a lot of people aren't talking about the team right now, given how bad they are. Somewhat understandable, but we're here. You love the team. We're talking about the team and everything going on around them. And they got a game tonight against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The Timberwolves, who, by the way, are a little bit surprising. They went through a six-game losing streak in the middle of the season so far. They looked kind of checked out. Carl Anthony Towns looked a little bit checked out. But they've just now gone on a three-game winning streak. So this isn't a team that you're like, cool, we got them at home. They're bad. They don't care. We're going to just roll over him because certainly the Pelicans aren't good enough to do that to absolutely anyone, right? Now, Carl Anthony Towns looking a little bit better, wanting to win win games a little bit more. 
and not exactly what you want to hear if you're a Pelicans fan, but you've got Carl Anthony Towns who and his numbers just went away from me here. Where is it? 23.1 points per game. He's also grabbing nine rebounds as well and shooting 46% from three. Not as good as Valanciunas. You've also got Anthony Edwards, 22.5 points per game. He's lived up to the hype as the number one overall pick. Six rebounds, 3.4 assists. He's shooting 36% on almost nine attempts per game from three. You've got D'Angelo Russell averaging 19 points per game, five assists, four boards. He's shooting okay from three. This is a team that's going to bomb away from three. They're number one in the league when it comes to that. you got to just make sure it's the guys that aren't good. You want D'Angelo Russell hoisting up threes. You want a guy like Patrick Beverly hoisting up threes. You want any of their not good shooters, Malik Beasley, launching threes. You want to limit Carol Anthony Towns doing it and Anthony Edwards then you really might have a chance because they rely on the three ball a good bit, and that just puts them at 19th when it comes to their offensive rating. They're better defensively, but they're not amazing, I think, on that. They're around the middle of the pack when it comes to it, but they are not good on the defensive glass. They're dead last when it comes to defensive rebounding percentage. Valanciunas, Josh Hart, you got to be key when it comes to that. Grab those offensive boards, get those second-chance opportunities because you're going to have an opportunity to score those. But what might doom the Pelicans is the Minnesota Timberwolves are very, very good at forcing turnovers. They get in transition and run against New Orleans. We've seen it. If Pelicans get over 15 turnovers, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20 plus, they're going to lose the game. So they've got to be smart again. Don't have unforced errors. You saw some really bad ones against the Indiana Pacers where they just didn't look like they wanted to lunge for a ball to save it, things like that. You can't do that against the Timberwolves because that's a surefire way to lose and you don't want to lose to this team at home in the Smoothie King Center. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all very much for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at NOLA Jake on Twitter. And now go check out the Locked On Bets podcast, your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs. Locked On Bets, hosted by your boy Q, with expert analysis and insight from Lee Sterling. They've been on a heater. You've really got to listen to that podcast. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow.